there's a song about being saved. And after you're saved, you're baptized. It said, I've come to the water and I've been made clean. And you don't put your old shoes on your brand new feet. And I got to thinking about that. That water don't save you. Jesus Christ does. But it shows the world he's been saved. Amen. If you would, turn in your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. Let's all stand as I read God's word. Let's all stand. After the Sabbath at the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to view the tomb. tomb. There was a violent earthquake because an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and approached the tomb. He rolled back the stone and was sitting on it. His appearance was like lightning. His clothing was like white as snow. The guards were so shaken by the fear of him, they became like dead men. The angel told the woman, do not be afraid, because I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. For he has risen, just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead, and indeed, he was going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Listen, I have told you. So departing quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, they ran to tell his disciples the news. Just then, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. They came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. And then Jesus told them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. As they were on their way, some of the guards came into the city and reported to the chief priest everything that had happened. After the priests had assembled with the elders and agreed on a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money and told them, Say that his disciples came during the night and stole him while we were sleeping. If this reaches the governor's ears, we will deal with him and keep you out of trouble. They took the money and they did as they were instructed. And this story has been spread among Jewish people to this day. The eleven disciples traveled to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. And when he had saw them, they worshipped, but some doubted. Jesus came near and said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to deserve everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the empty tomb. God, we thank you that you make dead men live. God, we rejoice today on Easter that just as your son Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, Jimmy Britt was raised from the spiritual darkness and death into a new walk in you. And God, that is available to all those who believe. And we pray today that you move among us. God, we are praying for revival. We are praying for a movement of evangelism, Lord, to boldly go tell the world you must be saved. And God, we're going to stand on faith that you are going to do glorious things for your glory. And we'll give you the praise and glory for it. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. You'll have to bear with me. It... I got to thinking this week, as Jesus hung on the cross, the last words he uttered was, To tell us thy, it is finished. It is, everybody heard 
that it is finished. What did he mean? You see, I'm going to tell you what he meant. That the redemptive plan of God was complete. And you can't add to and you can't take away from because Jesus finished it on the cross. As he finished it on the cross, there must have been great sadness. All those that had followed him are now distraught. And if you will look at this text, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to the tomb. The other Gospels record different times and different uh, arrivals, if you will. But I want you to understand something. And if you have a pen, I want you to write this down. This is very important because I want to show, tell you about the risen tomb. You see, all churches, did, or the uh, empty tomb, all churches today will celebrate why, or they will celebrate that he is risen. Let me tell you why he died. You see, you got to understand when he said it is finished, there was only one way that man could be reconciled by God. One way. There was nothing that you and I can do. Ephesians tells us this by faith you are saved, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are created in Christ to do works which he ordained us to do. In other words, this, your works don't save you, but if you're saved, you'll work. That plays into this passage. You see, Christ died. He was the substitutionary atonement for us. They, the penalty was sin. The penalty of sin was God's wrath. This morning in the New York Times, an essay was written about killing God. Today, that it would be good if we just killed God. You see, he said that the Muslims, the Christians, and the Jews talk about this God that they love to praise. But if he were alive today, they would take him to the Hague. And I'd be fine with them killing him today. Well, let me tell you something apart from everybody else. Christians, listen to me this. They did kill God. And he did it willfully. Somebody had to price, pay the price for sin. And he did. And as he said, it is finished. What he mean by it is finished is that work is done. And the same God that raised him from the dead, the same spirit that is in him, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead is available to all those who believe. You see, Mary, Magdalene goes to the tomb. And the first word I want you to write is devastation. What do you mean devastation? You see, understand that after the Sabbath, today, the first day of the week, people say, well, isn't Sunday the new Sabbath? No, the Sabbath is Saturday. We celebrate the risen Christ on Sunday. He arose the first day of the week. Okay? So she goes to the tomb. Well, the tomb's empty. Can you imagine what devastation? Chad, what do you mean? That they, all the hope that she had had, all the other hope that they had had, they go and the Savior of our, the Savior of our souls, the one who had taught them for three and a half years is gone. Not only is she sad, she's devastated according to the other text because she goes and the tomb is empty. Where is he? Where is he? He's not here. Can you imagine how much you've already been devastated and to go and the man who taught you, who led you is missing? He's missing. 
But according to John, the linen was perfectly folded. There was a reason he wasn't there. It wasn't that somebody took him. He walked out on his own. There must have been devastation. You see, I heard at the fall of communism, at one time there were some leaders in the Communist Party that they opened up their tombs and drugged them out and burned them because they hated communism so much. So it's got to be a devastating sight to go to the tomb and it's been desecrated. What must go through someone's mind? Devastation. You see, after the Sabbath, the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to view the tomb. They went. See, they were going to finish preparing the body. You see, as Jesus died and was taken down before sundown, they were going back to prepare the body. But oh, wow. How they were going back to prepare the body, but the body was already prepared. You see, the Bible says there was a violent earthquake because an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and approached the tomb. He rolled back the stone and was sitting on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes was as white as snow. And the guards were so shaken by fear of him that they became like dead men. Oh, the mighty presence of God. That his angels would shout, He's not here. You see, the angel told the women, do not be afraid because I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen. Just as he said. Brothers and sisters and anybody that's out the sound of my voice, if Jesus didn't rise, then he ain't who he says he was. That the Bible's a lie. But let me tell you something. There's a lot of people and religious leaders that were in this world since his creation. But there's only one with an empty tomb. He is risen. And they said, do not be afraid. Let that devastation turn into illumination. Come and see. The Bible says that he's in Matthew that says, come and see the place where he lay. You want proof he's not here? Come on in. There's nobody that took him. He rose just like he said he would. Because to pay the price for sin, there had to be the wrath of God poured out upon him, which brought death. But to fully be the son of God, he had victory over sin and death and hell. He's risen again. And that illumination turned into jubilation. You see, I don't know where you stand today. Maybe you've been devastated. And you're devastated in different ways. Just like Mary had approached and those others, even the disciples that walked with them, had lost all hope. Have you ever lost hope? Have you ever been devastated? Have you ever been touched when your life where you see there's no end? Let me assure you this. You may come to the cross devastated, but you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you will be illuminated. And I promise you, you will go around with jubilation in your heart. He changes lives. You say, Chad, you get a little excited. Yes, I get excited. I'm going to tell you why. Because no man can come up with a testimony like that. Only Jesus Christ can give him that. Do you have a testimony? Have your life been changed? Have you come to the cross devastated and you have left illuminated? Do you have vision? 
He said, come and see, listen, where he lay. And then go quickly and tell his disciples. I want you to look at four words in this as they left with jubilation. He said, come, see, go, and tell. You hear me? Come, see, go, and tell. That's very important to this morning's message. She come to that tomb with a troubled heart. But she saw the Savior of the world resurrected. Do you think she left a little bit different? There's a story of a Sunday school director who had four children. And all four children died the week before Easter. I'm sorry, three of the four children died before Easter with diphtheria. They passed away. And as he went to church to read the Christmas story, he stood up there and had our Easter story. As he was reading the Easter story, everybody in the congregation was crying. Except he and his wife and the one child that survived. They kept their composure and they read the Easter story. On the way home, a 15-year-old boy with his father said, Boy, the Easter story means a lot to them. His dad replied to him, he said, We're all Christians. Easter story means a lot to us all. He said, no, Daddy, I think it means more to them. How can you get through death knowing there's life found in Jesus Christ? That's how you get through death. You see, the Bible tells us that he said, come and see where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going ahead of you to Galilee, and you will see him there. Listen, I have told you. So departing quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, they ran to the disciples with the news just as Jesus met them. And he said, greetings. They came up to him. They took his feet and they worshipped him. Do you hear that? In their jubilation as they ran quickly from the tomb, they saw Jesus and they fell down and grabbed his feet. It wasn't an apparition. It wasn't a figment of their imagination. It was a resurrected God. Amen? And they worshipped him. And he says, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to leave for Galilee as they will see me there. As they were on their way, some of the guards came to the city and reported to the chief priest everything that had happened. And after the priest had assembled with the elders and agreed on the plan, they gave a large sum of money and told him, said, say this, his disciples came during the night and stole him while he was sleeping. And if this reaches the governor's ears, we'll deal with him and keep you out of trouble. They took the money as, and did as they were instructed, and this story has been spread among the Jewish people to this day. Not everybody will believe. Not everybody's eyes will be opened to the trees at the forest. And isn't it amazing, like I said before, that 2,000 years later, Jesus is still intimidating people. And they're trying to cover him up. But the word of God and the person of God, his work on the cross, his work in our lives, his resurrected body, his Holy Spirit that has come down upon us. You know what? You can't cover that up, people. In stories like this, you can't make up. You know why? Because God changes lives. But they devised a plan to cover up. The Bible also says the 11 disciples traveled to Galilee, the mountain where Jesus had directed. 
And when they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. You know, I think about that. There's so many people tell me if I could just see a miracle, if I could just see Jesus, if I could see this, I would believe. No, you wouldn't. What do you mean? Some of us may, well, maybe, but think about this. As they were led out of Egypt, they saw God part the waters. Only God could have parted those waters. As they were out of Egypt and they wandered in the desert, they asked for food, God gave them manna. He asked for water, God gave it to them. And yet, do you know only two people entered into the promised land? You see, we often look for what God can do for us. And that's the problem. You see, that's self-righteousness. And those who indulge yourself in continual self-righteousness will always try to be filled by those things that they can't. And you won't be able to see the trees for the forest. It's when you come to the cross in the empty tomb and release your self-righteousness and know that you're only made righteous through the blood of Jesus Christ, then your eyes are opened. But through that illumination and jubilation came a proclamation. Now listen. The eleven disciples traveled to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had directed him. And when they saw him, they worshipped and some doubted. Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I want you to notice something. And this is applicable to all of you who believe. Come and see. Come and see there's room at the cross. Come and see there's an empty tomb. He is risen. The wrath of God that we deserve was poured upon his son. But there's forgiveness at the cross. And there's forgiveness and there's mercy. Does God know you? You see, I want you to understand that there's a testimony even in this story here. <clears throat> if Christ is raised, risen and you are saved, you are going to tell. If you have come to the cross and you have seen the empty tomb and Jesus, is, Jesus Christ has made an impact in your life, you're going to tell it. You see, I meet many people who say, I'm a Christian. And I say, have you ever shared the gospel with anybody? Well, no. How long have you been saved? 20 years. Really? Really? Being a Christian, as Jimmy put it so eloquently, and I think it's such a great testimony at the time of Easter, he thought he had been grandfathered in. Because he came to church, he was raised in, in, in a Christian family. So was I. And we was talking about how early our circumstances were with our testimonies. Because what's amazing about this is there's no grandfathering in. Each of you have to go to the cross alone. But the one thing that I noticed that I have noticed about everybody that claims to be a born-again believer, that once that man got saved, he had to tell somebody. 
See, once those women went to the tomb and it was empty, they had to go tell somebody. Because if he isn't risen, then Christ is not who he says he is. And our faith is in vain. But God did not come to make bad men good. There's a pastor right now who is south of us will tell you that all men are good in their heart. There is no good men. I have begged and I will tell you again, I've said this for years that I've been in the ministry. When I die, there better not be a soul that tells anybody I'm a good man because I am not. There's no good in me. The only good in me is Jesus Christ who lives in me. I will let you down. I will fail you. But Christ will not fail you. Jesus did not make bad men good. He makes dead men live. We do not have the power to resurrect a thing. Christ does. And that same power that raised him from the dead is alive in all those who believe. And don't you ever forget it. Christ saves. And he says, make disciples. I'm going to make a bunch of Baptists mad with this, but I are one, so I'm going to say this. <laughs> one of the things I feel that we have failed in is discipling people. We call it chunking and dunking. You believe? Woof! Let me tell you something. That's wrong. When people come to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ, the Bible says we're to make disciples, teaching them what he taught us. Yes, this text, it applied to the disciples, absolutely. But you know how I mean to know it's a universal application? Because disciples have disciples. And those disciples had disciples. And they spread the word of God without telephone, telegraph, or tell your best friend who gossips. We got to tell it. Do you tell it? Do people grow? Are you growing in Jesus? I got winded on that one. If I really believe that Jesus Christ is alive, and I really believe he can save people from their sins, and I really believe that the only way to be reconciled through the Father is by his blood, how much would I have to hate you not to share that? You got to share it. They ran from the tomb. They walked to it, but they ran away because there was jubilation in their heart. There was jubilation, illumination, and there's a proclamation. And brothers and sisters, there has to be a steadfast dedication teaching those the same way Christ told us. I thank God for mentors. Will you say, Chad, I tell you what, I need more learning. Well, you know what? You join with us. That's why we have small groups. That's why, we have, that's why we have men in this church and women in this church who will help you. You know what? We don't want to see anybody sinking in the world. We want you to rise up above all because Christ alone is worthy. You know what? There may be an article in the paper in the New York Times that said they killed God, but I praise God that they did. You know why? Because now I'm alive. He just didn't know what he was writing, did he? Why could somebody write something so harsh? I'll tell you why. Because the message of the cross is foolishness to them that perish.
little different than any Easter service you've been to, isn't it? I praise God he's risen. But please understand why he died. Because if there wouldn't have been a death, there'd be no hope. And there is hope that's found in Jesus Christ. And he is worthy to be praised. And I will close with this. I've shared this story, but I want to share it again. You see, in that proclamation, there must be an urgency of the same God that saved my soul, that saved his soul. We want others to have, right? You want others to know. Now, not everybody will believe. But that don't change your obligation to share it. Y'all know I'm big on missions. But I tell you this, that mission field starts when you walk out these doors. Two young Moravian boys heard about Alan in the Caribbean where slaves were and they couldn't bear the thought of these men not hearing the gospel. So they sold themselves into slavery. Let me let you understand, not indentured service, slavery. And the slave owner of that island paid no more than he would a regular slave for these two young men. And when the family had heard that these men had done this and they were leaving to depart, they would never return. They would not come back. Their family and their church and their friends were gathered at the port of Hamburg to see these men depart. They could not make sense of it all. These two men, arm in arm, as the housers were cast, cried out, may the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. And that became the call of Moravian missions. That is the very reason that we live, people. That the lamb that was slain will receive the reward of his suffering. Salvation is available to all those who believe. But when you come to that tomb, there must be and when you come to it, you may be devastated. But I can tell you by the empty tomb and the work on the cross, you can be illuminated. Because God will make the blind see. And you will have joy. And through that jubilation, there will be a proclamation to tell the world that Jesus Christ is King. Guys, I pray today that if he doesn't know you, that you pray that God have mercy. I can say a lot of religious things. I can quote a lot of religious comments. I could sit up here and I could read the Bible all the way through and tell you stories of times past. But if there's no Christ in the center of it, then it's meaningless. Where do you stand today? You know, I'll be leaving shortly to go out of town for a little bit. And I got to thinking... As I'm leaving here and going up the road, I'll see a lot of people that'll be out doing other things other than worshiping together. And you'll see a lot of things and barbecues and Easter egg hunts, and I'm not saying any of those things are bad. Okay, please. But they must be a priority. You see, when I look at people that way going up through the, going up through the world, as we'll be going up 81, see a lot of things. I see people got their priorities on other things other than Jesus. So since their priorities are different, my urgency has to be different. And I have to share with other people that there's hope found in Jesus Christ. 
And I pray that you do as well. You see, understand this. Just as this one or two women in history were devastated when they came to the cross, they found out good news. Let me tell you something. The same Jesus Christ that saved Chad Howard, that saved Jimmy Britt, will save you. And please understand, I don't know who stands where, okay? I don't know that. But I'll never approach the pulpit thinking that everybody's a born-again believer. Because just like that young man said, he was no different than me. I taught Sunday school too, and I was lost as last year's Easter eggs. Because I knew all the right answers. It's not what you know, it's who knows you. And I pray today that as we go out celebrating this today, that Jesus Christ is risen. He had victory over death. He has victory over us that are dead to sin. If we believe, we place our faith and trust in him. We repent. We follow him and cling to him unswervingly. Let me promise you this, closing number two, that I can't promise you eggs and ham and bacon and cheese and all the wonderful things, okay? I can't tell you that you'll have money. A lot of people will preach to you today, you will. But let me tell you something. It's not about materialism. It's not about what you can have. It's about who has you. Because this earth will treat you any way it wants to treat you. But I tell you this. Christ will treat you as his child. There is hope, brothers and sisters. And I'm not going to tell you that everything is going to be great, but I can promise you that when you walk through trials and tribulations, there's a man who will walk with you. Praise God for that. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your grace and mercy. We thank you for your glory. We thank you for the price paid on Calvary. We thank you for the testimony of Jimmy Brett. And God, there's a lot of testimonies out here. You know what? And the thing that I have heard with the testimonies is a common this. This is what I was, this is what happened, and this is where I am. Praise God, only you can do that. Because I don't have the power to resurrect a thing, but Lord, oh, you do. God, we love you and we thank you. We praise your name for the price paid on Calvary. And all God's people said, stand up and worship with us. Amen.